I woke up at 3 in the morning and there were grays around the bed. I couldn't move. I was in sleep paralysis. My ex-wife, my, you know, the then my girlfriend, was asleep next to me, kind of like laying on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was asleep. I My eyes were wide open. I was looking around. There was like six grays around the bed. And I said, what the hell is going on? Hey, welcome back to Mr. Kink. My name is Chris. And I'm Leonard. All right. Today, we have a special guest. It's our first interview ever. We're really looking forward to it. That's how we wanted to start this pod. But, you know, we were kind of no-name, not happening. Tony Merkel on The Confessionals really helped us with this. Shout out. We would like to invite our special guest, Alex. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going, Alex? It's going really good. Thank you. Um, so you want to give us a little background as to what's going on? Yeah, um, let me just kind of start a little bit with myself. Um, just giving you a, a little background. I'm a little bit of an older guy. Um, the you know I don't know you know I have a lot of experiences. So um, I won't say exactly my age, but I will say it's above fifty. Okay, so how's that? Um, but you don't sound above fifty. <laughs> Uh, most people say that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you probably I thought you were our age. We're in the thirties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, most people think that totally. Um uh no, so I'm you know, I'm a little bit older of a guy. But um yeah, I mean my experience has pretty much started ever since I was um a child. Um I kinda came from a broken home. Um and it I think everything kinda spawned from there, but I'd say probably the most astro you know, the pretty like out of there type experiences happened when I was in my twenties. Um, I've had some alien experiences. I've had some demonic experiences. I've had a lot of ghost experiences firsthand. Definitely. I'm not, you know, I have a lot of good secondhand stories too, but I don't want to, you know, take too much time. Um, but let me just give you a little background. I'm from Colorado. Um, my family is originally all from like the San Luis Valley. I don't know if you've ever heard of that area. Um, but the San Luis Valley, it's, there's like these books that this guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's written these really thick books, um, like Enter the Valley, The Mysterious Valley, because um, there's a lot of UFO, supernatural activity that occurs in this area. And my dad has stories for days um, about when he was growing up, of you know, just things. And I know you guys yeah. did the, the Yorona uh, episode. And um, that's huge down there for, for one. Um, you know, I have a lot of those stories, not personally, you know, they used to scare us as kids. Oh, if you don't go to bed, the Yorona is going to come for you, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> um, I don't have any, yeah, they would say my parent, my parents would always say that my grandma, yeah. my aunts and uncles. Um, but I don't have any personal, but I do have some stories, some secondhand ones of that. But, but outside of that, there is a lot of uh, UFO activity. I mean, going back way before, like around, I, I don't know even before Roswell and all that. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, UFOs just came out when Roswell happened. But no, there's I've heard stories before that from my family, um, from before the 40s. Oh, there's 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 several before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of crazy ones. But um, uh, I, I guess the best place would be to start. Did you guys want to hear about my childhood experience? Yeah, let's start with your childhood where it started. Okay, so my parents uh, divorced when I was two. Um, and my father, um, was not estranged. He was actually, he's actually a great guy, but my mom was like, kind of like, you know, was estranged from him and she didn't want me to see him that much. So I didn't see my dad that much until I was around eight or nine. I ended up moving with him at that age, but from two to about eight, I was with my mom and she remarried pretty quickly. Um, I had a stepfather, he was in the military and what I, I didn't really know all this then I kind of like knew things, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't put it all together, but, um, he was a drug dealer, I guess. Um, he all was right. dealing 
um, drugs. <laughs> and uh, so basically, and I knew that they use, I think they use drugs. I know they partied a lot. I was left home a lot. Um, you know, I wasn't like super abused or it was just kind of a little bit neglected. My mom was really young um, when I was born. I think she was 19 or 18. So, you know, at this time she was probably 22, 23. And I think my stepfather was like 28, maybe 30. I don't know. But um, um, what I found out later, and I just kind of put this together because I had an experience when I was um, living in Hoboken, New Jersey, that kind of related to it in a way. But so what happened was when I was around four, maybe five, I started to have these, um, it wasn't like sleep paralysis, but I would hear something in my closet at night and I, and my mom would say, oh, it's a mouse. Uh, you know, she would kind of blow it off and it kind of like, it's weird how it ramp up. And finally one night, um, there, you know, the, the door would pop open and it would slowly open up a little bit. And I had an experience, um, where it actually completely opened and something came out of it. And, uh, the weird thing is, is that as I started to, um, listen to all these podcasts, um, over the last few years, you know, there's a lot of paranormal podcasts. I've actually heard a mirror of this particular experience several times. Um, do you guys ever remember the show? Um, what is it called? Paranormal state that was on, it was like a guy that was at a college. Yeah. Yeah. From, um, the Sandusky college. I forget the college. Exactly. Yes, sir. Um, so at, there was like one episode and I always try to find this episode on YouTube, but where he recalled what, remember he was always like, I had a demonic experience when I was young. Well, he had the exact same experience as me, even the same recall of the, of the creature and everything or what it was. And, um, I never got like a clear look at it, but I did have dreams about it and I could see it clearly in the dream. But one day or one night, I'm sorry. Um, I, you know, it's like you lose your breath. Your eyes are as big as saucers. The door popped open. It was probably like, I, don't, I didn't have a clock in my room. I was like six years old. Um, but I think it was probably two in the morning, three, I don't know. And um, light was shining through my window from a street light. So, you know, you can kind of see, I didn't have a nightlight or anything like that. And um, uh, let me also tell you this too. My parents slept upstairs and I could hear them partying all night on weekends. And um, I would be asleep in the basement. So I, I was alone in the basement, a little kid. And I, one night my door popped open and then I actually heard like a, a raspy breathing and I, that's when my whole body just completely <laughs> tensed up I, I couldn't even move I just basically was staring and as I stared I saw something come out and it was like a four foot tall uh, looked like a woman um, with long hair um, but kind of curly it looked real oily because I could see the shine off of the hair like oily hair and the face was extremely grotesque. Um, you could see it from the light, and it had, like, big black eyes, which kind of reminded me of Alien going forward, now now that I look back on it. But an ear-to-ear grin with sharp teeth. Mm -hmm. And it freaked me the hell out. <laughs> the weird thing is, is that the guy from Paranormal State said he saw the same thing. Exactly. And then I've heard it replayed in a couple of other stories. So I don't know if that's something real. I don't know what's going on. But it happened to me, I'd say... A dozen times over two years and it wouldn't be every night it would be like once or twice a month maybe sometimes three and uh no one believed me and that was when you were ages four or five yeah four or five and six yeah four to six and it happened for a couple years totally geez and you said for like two months like twice twice a month you said uh yeah it Twice a month. I mean, you know, I'm just, you know, as a little kid, I don't, I didn't put it together because it was so traumatic and terrifying. But um, I do remember it happening, you know, not all the time, but it happened several times. And 
the one scariest time was um it never did anything like i would just put the covers over my head or close my eyes and i would just fall asleep i don't know exactly what would happen and I, it was not a dream i was wide wide awake i mean that's that sounds scary man like i'd be scared if i was that age and seeing that oh it was absolutely it was absolutely absolutely terrifying i mean i'm just like why would they show a kid that but what i started to study later on is that sometimes things like that happen if there's drugs in the house you know like it's it's a way they call it the sins of the father but it could be sins of the mother you know somehow that it allows that energy to come in and and work its way and i don't i don't know any of the workings of it or the machination of how it comes about but it is a something that i've kind of studied a little bit because i've tried to understand it and come to grips with it as an adult you know and um i look back on it and i'm like it was not fake i know 100 percent. it wasn't my imagination that's uh that's what i was gonna uh comment on was it seems a lot of paraphernalia stories like where the parents are involved in like drugs and stuff there's a lot of ghost mm-hmm. or demon stories that come out of it and not like not like abused child stories creating something to help them deal with it but like actual like demonic possessions and creatures coming out of it totally yeah i've 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 heard it several times in that respect yeah and it seems to be related to drugs and and i'll tell you later on i had an experience with a roommate and it was a drug related story and i had some really creepy experiences with living with him um but yeah, pretty much that's pretty much it. You know, it wasn't much more than that. But I have like found correlations, like I said, with other stories that are the same. And I mean, it's always this ear to ear grin with sharp teeth. I mean, I've heard that many, many times, not in just like something coming out of the closet, uh, seeing something, you know, I've, I've heard it a lot um, in many stories. So I don't know what that has to do with it, but it's pretty it was pretty freaky. Yeah, it's like shark teeth because you could see him glistening in the light. Yeah. So you would say it was like it sounded like you were like looking into the face of a shark like the black eyes and the teeth and oh yeah a hundred percent had black eyes except for it was like a face of like a woman and it was really white like porcelain i remember that it had like a really white pallor and very like shiny like oily i couldn't like i couldn't explain it but there it had free and it also had curly hair like frizzy curly like long hair really freaky really freaky <laughs> yeah it sounds very freaky it was it was, it was black hair right it was black yeah black or grayish black like i can't i couldn't really see those details but um as i became older it went away and my dad has a very awesome household like i went and lived with him when i was eight or nine and him and my stepmom are amazingly awesome they're like super they don't do they barely even drink a beer every now and then you know they're they're like super christian and super they're just a really happy people so i really didn't have any experiences there but when i was like 15 16 years old i had a couple of um i guess you could call them lucid dreams where I would wake up and like my whole pillow would be wet. No, go ahead. What's up? Were you going to say something? Yeah. I used to do uh, lucid dreaming back in the day. Actually, I actually uh, used to do it myself. My, my friend Daniel and I would actually try to, cause I guess you could try to lucid dream. There's like a certain ways to do it. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, no, mine was by accident. You know, like I would, I would be like above myself and all this. It was really crazy. But in one of my dreams, I completely saw the creature. And it was weird because I had not been thinking about it. I'd never even, I tried to put that completely out of my mind. And I saw it like in full light and it was really freaky. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know why my mind showed me that, but I was able to see it. So that was my last experience with that. Um, But like I said, I did find a lot of, I I 
always chalk it up to be just being me and my experience. And, you know, I've always thought that about everything except for my UFO experiences because those I was with people. But, um, yeah, with that one, I kind of kept it until I started hearing all these stories. And I'm like, wow, there's this is something that's correlated. Oh, and I also had a roommate when I was uh, moved back to Colorado because I'd lived in New Jersey for a long time. Um, but I had moved back here in like the early 2000s and I had a roommate who kind of had a similar story too, which was kind of a coincidence that we ended up being together. And he would always fall asleep with his light on. He was a music producer. So I was like, oh, he's just been making music. So he's, you know, leaving his light on. And then finally one day I was like, dude, why do you always leave your light on and fall asleep on your bed with, you know, your clothes on? And he's like, oh, it's this thing when I was a kid, I was scared. So I just, I always, this is what I've always done. You know, he's like late twenties guy, but um, and then he told me his story and I was like, wow, that's a coincidence. I've had a similar experience, you know? So yeah, now I don't think I'm so crazy. So that's why. Oh no. And I, I think the fact that, um, a lot of these, a lot of the creatures people are seeing are very similar kind of lends to it being more true. Cause I mean, you thought it was only you and then you hear the guy from paranormal state and other people talk about how they seen a shark tooth grin on a four foot tall female entity like and it makes you feel better and like it's kind of hard for a six-year-old to make up a image that a dozen other people made up themselves as well you know what i mean like it definitely lends to the fact that you saw something and something was there Mm -hmm. exactly you got it right exactly yeah and i um i also came to that conclusion also as an all i was like how would i come up with that you know it wasn't like i was I wasn't inundated with horror films at five and six, you know, we didn't have VCRs. I was, like I said, I'm an older guy. So this is the seventies, you know, I wasn't inundated. I mean, I might've caught a glimpse of the exorcist around that time. I don't remember, but other than that, I don't think I've ever was exposed to anything like creepy like that. You know, the way like, you know, the, the horror movies that came out in the eighties and nineties had creatures, you know, like if you watch, like, for example, have you guys ever seen like, um, evil dead, they have a creature that kind of has a similar face when, like the evil dead they have like faces like that you know and um like another one fright night that old one um fright night with the vampires uh the guy kind of has a face like that you know with the jagged teeth and not just a straight vampire teeth you know they had like the freaky faces so like i hadn't seen any of that yet yeah brother any any yeah any 70s 80s movie you reference i'm a big nerd you all know what you're talking about <laughs> i got you <laughs> right fright night yeah but it's the the, they have that type of vampire face you know that they come up with yeah right night yeah not the not the classic fangs but the straight dinosaurs shark teeth that are just crazy don't fit in the mouth that shouldn't be there looking i got you yeah exactly and then kind of like the face features kind of contort in a way where they make them bigger you know you know how they would put the makeup on them so yeah and it's weird because her face kind of looked like that you know it looked like that in a way but it was really white like like i said it was like porcelain is what it reminded me of now that i think of it's like white like that but pretty freaky yeah and i like i had no frame of reference so i'm like how the heck did i come up with that in my mind i don't think i could you know i don't think exactly. i could come up with that and not only how did you come up with it but how did other people come up with it if they weren't seeing something similar to match yeah it's got to be some kind of shared experience Mm-hmm. pretty weird um but yeah, that's pretty much it for that. I had a few ghost stories um, growing up, but I think, uh, you know, they're pretty normal. Um, I had like an uncle who had passed away, um, you know, and I had see I actually saw his ghost um, come back to the house a couple times, like go by the window. And uh, I knew it was he, he was young. He was 17. He died in a car wreck. So I, I had that happen. And I had um, also foretold my grandfather's death. Um, I was 16 at the time. And 
Oh. I had, yeah, I came home late one night. And um, do you guys want to hear this one? It's really quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right ahead. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I came. So the, I was about 16. And I, I remember I had went to a party and I didn't feel good. And it was a snowy night. And I was out with my friends, you know, high school. And I had asked them, they were going to go to another party. And I said, can you guys just drop me off at home? So it was a Saturday night. I got home. I remember I went to the kitchen because my parents were already asleep. I, I kind of quietly made myself a snack. I went downstairs to the den, turned the TV on. I was watching Saturday Night Live. And I remember it was snowing pretty hard outside. And um, um, my I had a little dog. We had like, I don't remember what kind, like a little mutt. And uh, it would always come and just lay with me on the couch uh, every night. So, and I was the only person, all my family, I had two little brothers and sisters and they would be asleep. My parents would be asleep. I was the only one that stood up late. I was 16 year old. Year old. So um, the dog just started growling at the stairs, you know, which were coming down the landing. And I was right there. And we had like a bar that my dad had made right there. Um, and out the corner of my eye, I saw something move from the stairs to the bar. And I was like, okay, it made the hair, you know, when the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you kind of, and the dog started growling and stuff. And, um, my dad actually woke up and he came down the, he like yelled down the stairway. Hey, can you tell, um, the dog's name was Monique. Can you tell Monique to be quiet? And, um, I said, or can you put her in your room? And I said, dad, something's in here. I don't know. And he didn't want to hear that. You know, he just was like, uh, have you been smoking dope or something? <laughs> no, he, I think he said something funny. And I was like, no, dad, I'm sober. I was, and he just, he, cause my dad's, he's kind of a comedian. He's like, Hey, have you been smoking some dope or something? But, and then he went back to bed. And, uh, so I just sat there and I mean, I was watching Saturday night live and the next thing I know, um, the dog freaked out, so I picked her up, and I put her in my room, and I felt something walk up the stairs, like I could hear it creaking. I said, Dad, is that you? Dad? And I couldn't hear anything, so I walked up the stairs slowly, and as I got up to the landing, I looked in my living room, and I saw a man sitting in the chair in our living room, and you could see the light coming from the street. And I saw his hair, I saw the face, the torso sitting there, and it made my exact thing when I would see the thing coming out of the closet. It made my blood just stopped like my eyes turned to saucers and I just couldn't even speak and I remember I even tried to call my dad and nothing came out like I was like you know open dad I couldn't call and um I just was staring at this figure sitting in the living room and I thought somebody had broke in you know or somebody was in our house and um it slowly it was odd because it just slowly faded into the curtain and it was no longer there and needless to say, that scared the crap out of me. I went right downstairs, uh, went straight to my room, closed the door, locked it, and the dog slept with me. And we, I just fell asleep. I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I woke up in the morning. That's the best way. <laughs> exactly, right? I just was like, no way. I locked the door. Um, so the next morning, I woke up, and uh, my dad, he had a tradition. He made breakfast every Sunday morning, pancakes, stuff like that. And he was making breakfast. I got up. I went and sat at the table, and the phone rang. And it was my aunt, and she said that my grandfather had passed away that night. And uh, he looked at me oh, and he said, oh, I see what you were talking about last night. He, he knew exactly what, what was going on. Uh, so I think he kind of came and gave us a visit. Yeah, I said that last goodbye. That, that was the way I put it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your dad was religious, right? Like he was Christian and stuff. Uh, Yeah, we didn't go to church all the time. But yeah, he prayed before meals. And he, you know, he told us to, you know, anytime anything was wrong, he'd say, why don't you talk to God? Speak to yeah. God. That's what he always said. And I still use that in my life, you know. But um, yeah, he was he was definitely really into into the spirit, you know, God. So when he uh, when you that morning when he was like, oh, I get it. Was he cool with it being because like a lot of religious folks are like, 
there's no such thing as ghosts. It's either demons and angels. Well, he's just like, that was just grandpa coming back. Well, yeah, he did. And that's because, like I said, he was, he grew up in the San Luis Valley. And if you do any research on that, it's super, super, superstitious yeah. down there. I mean, they have witches, um, little elves. They've, there's a lot of, uh, Bigfoot stories down there. Oh, Duendes. Uh, brujas and duendes yeah duendes there's a lot that's what they are yeah those little things duendes brujas yeah um they have uh he's seen he's seen he said he's seen leprechauns like uh what you would consider with little hats and stuff he's seen them before um he's told me stories about that down there little like you know elves or whatever i don't know fairies i guess um so yeah he he believes in all that but he's very into god you know in jesus so yeah um definitely into that but he do, he totally believes in the supernatural um he's had a lot of he's had ufo stories too actually my dad he had a pretty crazy one when he was a teenager well in, you do have a ufo sighting here i wrote down in 1995 do you want to talk about that one mm-hmm. yeah i do but um you know what i was going to say do you want me to just to really quickly tell you about my roommate story and then we can go into yeah. the ufo let's uh let's finish with the the ghost and the demon stuff Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Lenny likes to get ahead of us because <laughs> it 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 kind of leads into the demonic, yeah. So as I grew up, I went to school, I went to college, yeah, and then I went to college, um, and I, you know, I this is actually after I had gotten graduated, I got a really good job in New York. I was working in Manhattan for a long time as a broker, but I lived in Hoboken, and I don't know if you know the area, but um, Hoboken's super close. It's closer than Brooklyn to Manhattan, so. You know, a train ride was 15 minutes. So I lived in Hoboken for four and a half years, five, almost five years. And I had a roommate. He was considerably younger than me. He was probably like seven years, eight years younger than me. But he was a cool guy and he had a good job. He worked in the city too. And um, we actually got along really well for the first year. And then after the first year, he kind of seemed to be getting really distant. And what I didn't realize is that he was dealing with a drug addiction. I found this out later because we've, we've reconnected and we've talked a lot. And I found out he was dealing with a cocaine addiction at that time i had no clue i didn't know anything about this okay because i don't i don't do that i mean i might have smoked a little weed or you know drank but i never did anything like that i was actually pretty straight edge guy normally during that time um so um like i said at this time he had started to kind of become we didn't really hang out as much he would be gone some nights all nights um you know he was still paying his bills but he just seemed different and so one night he was home and it was a, I remember it was a weeknight and um, I was asleep and I would always, we had an apartment where our rooms were on either side of the apartment. So one night I was asleep and I, I would always close my door in my room and, and I heard a knock at my door, a solid, you know, three dun, 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 knock on my door. And I, it woke me up out of my sleep. I said, yeah, Ray, his name was Ray. I said, um, is that you, you know, and nobody answered. So I kind of just was like, maybe I heard something. So I, I started to drift back and it knocked again. I was like, okay. And I got up and I opened the door. Nobody was there. But it was dark and I could see down the hallway, I could see a figure dart into the bathroom. And the bathroom was just about three feet outside of his bedroom. And um, I was like, okay, so he that was Ray. He just went in the bathroom. But the light didn't turn on. I didn't hear like any kind of noise in the bathroom, like a sink or someone go to the bathroom. I didn't hear anything. It was just silent. So I was like, uh, that's a little weird. So I just, you know, I was stood staring down the hallway and I walked down the hallway. And as I walked in, I looked and, um, I could smell sulfur. That's the absolute truth. Like it smelled like, like rotten eggs, very strong smell, pungent smell. 
coming from where the bathroom was and it wasn't like poop or anything it was just it was really really a strong mm -hmm. sulfur type smell and then i looked and ray was passed out in his bed completely dead asleep so at that point i um you know the hair <laughs> rose on the back of my neck um i just I, I actually remember not turning around but walking backwards to my room you know what i mean and um i i was like okay i don't know what's going on here and i went into my bed i laid down and i closed the door and i kid you not within five minutes something sat on my bed oh i did not turn around i did not look because my door never opened i had closed it and um I just, I couldn't believe what was happening. And I just kind of closed my eyes and it just, after a few minutes, it just went back up and I didn't feel anything else after that. And that's it. That's the whole story, really. Um, there is another part of this. So I was dating a woman in Brooklyn at the time and her, she was um, part Haitian and part um, Puerto Rican. She was like, uh, she was really cool. I really liked her a lot, but she was a single mother and she had a 15 year old son who was studying to be um, a Yor Yoruba priest. Um, and oh. he was studying with like a 60 year old woman in the Bronx. Yeah. And he was actually, um, to me, I'll just tell you his name. His name was Wayne, but he went by the name of silver and, um, silver seemed to me like an 80 year old man, a hundred percent. When I was speaking to him, he was a 15 year old that acted like an 80 year old man. I still think about him to this day. Uh, he was a very interesting person. And, um, one night, some nights I would spend weekends with my girlfriend and I would go to her apartment. And, um, this is about a week or two after this happened, I had went to her house and we were, we had gotten some takeout food and we were in her bedroom watching TV and eating our food. And I heard, um, Wayne silver call her from the living room. He said, mommy, come here, mommy. And, uh, she came in the room and I was just in there eating. And I guess she said, um, she came back in there and she goes, Hey, Wayne wants to talk to you. Silver wants to talk to you. So I went in there and she goes, and he said, he said, um, you got something, pro you got a problem at your house. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't know. You got something going on at your house. He goes, I feel it. He goes, I don't know what it is, but he goes, what you got to do is I need you to go to the corner store. I need you to buy a little bottle of white rum. It can be cheap rum. He goes, I don't, white owl, whatever. Get a little bottle of white rum, buy a cigar. Um, and he goes, and a white candle. He goes, go in, and he goes, go to your, and then he, I never told him about this. I never even told your, uh, my girlfriend about this. He said, go to your bathroom. <laughs> he said, your bathroom directly. Go to your bathroom. He said, light the candle, put it behind the toilet, and then fill the glass, fill a glass halfway up with the rum. And he goes, then seal the rum and don't ever drink from it ever again. Put it in the cabinet and don't ever drink from it. And then he said, get a, get a open, he goes, light the cigar take a few puffs from it and just put it on top of the glass and let it burn down and he goes do not blow out the candle let it burn until it burns he said that he said it will make whatever it is go away um i was a little skeptical but not because he I, he named all this stuff and i'd never said anything and uh, i ended up doing what he said the the next week and nothing ever happened and ray actually ended up um moving out recently like really short after that so Wow, that's that's kind of the end of that story. It was a little bit weird. Yeah. Uh, well, for like the people who don't <laughs> no, know, Yoruba is a uh, is African. There, a lot of them are Christian and Muslim now, but it used to be not voodoo, but very spiritual. There's a polytheism with them, and they believe in the spiritual guiding them in their lives and helping them. So that's that's really unique and really cool to run into uh, someone practicing Yoruba and someone who helped you in Yoruba. That's really cool. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, his demeanor was amazing, man. Like I said, when I was talking to him, he was, like I said, he was 15 at this time. Mm -hmm. He seemed like he was an elderly man, his whole demeanor and the way that he acted, not, you know, not moving, but his, the, his wisdom, the way that he spoke was pretty interesting. When he switched, he, he knew. Did he switch between silver and his 15 year old self or was there like, they were the same person? Like, did he have a different um, demeanor and different way of speaking as Silver? Or He did. He did. And that's why I would switch between that, because sometimes he was just a boy. Yeah. But there was also his Silver, which was his priest speaking. And he had, uh, like I said, a very authoritative type of speaking that I was like, this is not a 15-year-old boy. You know, when I would talk to him, he was very advanced. Well, that's cool. That's really cool. Like, Yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah, it was an interesting thing. You don't hear Yoruba too often. <laughs> yep. So um, with that, um, yeah, so um, just a little before I had moved to New Jersey, this was actually while I was still in college. It was in my senior year of college. Um, I'll, I'll just go into my UFO sighting because I think that's the most dramatic thing that's ever happened to me in my life. And it's probably changed my whole life. Um, for It just changed me forever um, because it, it's kind of a – a two-part thing that happened to me. So the first thing that happened is uh, um, I I went to school at CU Boulder. Uh, I'm, it's in Colorado. And it's right at the foothills of like some really vast mountains. Um, the Rocky Mountains are pretty big over here. And um, there, I actually, you know, had a lot of friends. And by the time I was in my senior year, I had a roommate. His name was Rod. Super awesome guy. But um, his parents had built a cat or uh, his grandfather at the turn of the century had built a cabin in a small town um, just west of Boulder called Aldora. It's right. There's like a little ski resort there. And there's a small mountain town below it called um, uh, I forget the name of it. But anyway, um, there's it's, it's just in the, deep in the mountains and it's pretty remote. Um, you know, you have to drive about 50 minutes from maybe an hour from Boulder to get there. Um, so. One summer, we used to go up to his cabin a lot, and um, it was actually given to him by his mom, so it was his cabin now, and uh, we would go up there a lot and, like, stay the night and just fish and stuff, but this summer, we decided to spend an extended period of time there, like three weeks, um, so I won't go too much into this, but we did have a Bigfoot experience there, not seeing, but having it come to the cabin and try to get in the house and stuff, um, that was pretty creepy, and that was actually the first week we were there, so we experienced that and that happened over just one night and he told me you know that it had happened before and he he kind of explained the whole thing to me so i was like oh this is a little creepy but everything went smooth for the next two weeks we spent three weeks at that cabin three whole weeks we would fish camp we'd go down to the town and get supplies i mean it was a great it was awesome it was right before my senior year and um you know school started in september and this was like the end of august so and we were roommates, so we were, you know, we couldn't move into our apartment until September. It wasn't available, so we we were just like staying at the cabin. And um, one night, I remember it was probably like close to the last few days that we were there. And one night we had fished all day. We had hiked. I remember we'd made the fish we ate. Um, we were sitting on the porch, and I, we'd always play cards. And uh, we had a little boombox, and it was playing like um, I don't know some music, like some reggae music or something like that. And, um, it was probably like nine o'clock at night and the, the, his porch on his, uh, he had a porch on the cabin and it overlooked a lake and a big mountain behind it. Like it was a really beautiful view and you could see the lake and the whole crest of the mountain. It was really nice. And, uh, I remember when we went out there, it was, it was a clear night. And then out of nowhere, a fog rolled in a thick, thick fog that you couldn't even see 
40 feet, 50 feet in front of you. I mean, super thick, maybe a hundred feet, but I mean like very thick fog. And we both looked around like, this is a little bit odd, you know? Um, and we didn't even understand what, you know, what was going on. And then out of nowhere, we saw a light at the top of the mountain and we both said, what is that? You know, and you, you can't make it out because of the fog, you know, you can see a light, but it's, it's diffused, you know, you can't see any detail or anything like that. And we said, is that like a, a jeep up there because you know there is a ski resort um that comes down that mountain it's a really tiny little ski resort called eldora and um but slowly the light started to move down the mountain and we were like is that somebody in a helicopter but there was no noise it was quiet and uh needless to say it approached it came closer and closer and closer and as it came closer there was a sub-level hum that could be heard um it was like a bait like a that's the only way I could play it. You could feel it in your chest. And it was slowly approaching. And as it came closer, um, this mountainside is filled with animals. Okay. So we both got up off the porch, walked off the porch, and there's like a, a gravel thing in the front where you can kind of look and it ridges down into the road. And we walked basically out onto the gravel, onto the ridge to look out and see what this was. And as we did, that's when the sub-level hum became louder and animals started fleeing. Um, now I've only heard this in a few UFO cases where animals reacted or there was like a sound like this, but I have heard it many times. I've read a lot of books and, um, cause I, you know, I wanted to, you know, kind of correlate my experience, but as it approached closer, there is a street light on that road. It's not completely dark. Um, and the street light was to the, like a little further toward the, to the North of us, maybe like a, not a quarter of a mile, but maybe an eighth of a mile up. So you could kind of see a little bit. Yeah. And like, I, that's how I could judge distance and height and stuff like that. And, um, as it approached, like I said, all the animals started fleeing. I actually had a few rabbits bump into my legs. Um, I had, uh, birds flying past me. I had animals run, going the opposite way. No joke. And I actually even think I might've seen a deer out of my peripheral running the other way. Um, as this was happening, we were both, you know, pretty frozen, awestruck. Next thing you know, it broke the fog. And it was a silver disc, uh, probably 50 to 75 feet in diameter, rotating, lights, all multicolored. And it was just letting off this sub-level hum that you could just feel in your chest. And I, I, it was about the, the lamppost height. So I'd say it was, and then I'd say it was less than 200 feet away from us. It was very low and it was just sitting there pulsing and it just kind of came close. And as that happened, I kind of lost it. <laughs> My friend was very bold. He actually stepped up to look at it more. I kind of just like sat back. <laughs> I, I remember I was I was in petrified um, with fear. And then the next thing you know, um, it was gone. We never saw it fly away. We never saw anything. We never heard anything. We were just, it was blank. There was nothing. And um, we basically just walked into the cabin and went to sleep. We didn't even speak about it. And I've heard this in so many accounts of UFO, close-up UFO sightings, um, yeah. of not them not talking about it. You know, they don't speak about it. Um, I'm not going to say I was abducted. I've never done any kind of um, regression therapy or hypnosis or anything. But, um, you know, I don't really care to. But um, it was a absolutely mind-blowing event. And um, I remember the next day Rod woke up. He pretty much just packed his backpack. We started getting everything together and he wanted to leave. He didn't want to stay at the cabin. And we, I didn't really protest. I just started packing too. 
And I remember driving down the mountain um, and we were going to stay with my friend Bill until our apartment was ready the next week. And um, he didn't talk. He didn't want to talk about it. I remember I tried to, uh, you know, talk about it a little bit and he didn't want to speak about it at all. He didn't want to mention anything. And I said, okay, okay, hey, if you don't want to talk about it, can you just acknowledge that that's what happened last night? And he said, yeah, that's what happened. And that was the most I could get from Rod. And till this day, I, I've, we've really never talked about it. I mean, that was maybe 20 years ago, but we've never really talked about it at all. So that was pretty much that experience. All right. Uh, do you, have you ever heard of the Allagash abductions? Yeah, I have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds similar to that, where they were camp, they were on the river camping and having fun. And then they just kind of, they saw the UFO, they saw the light, and then they just, they acted like it didn't happen and just mm-hmm. booked it out the next morning. They're like, we're gone. We're done. Yep. Uh, yeah, totally. That so totally. I've heard that, and it, it mirrors my my. I yeah, I've studied the UFO lore a lot, um, but yeah, I have heard of that definitely. Um, it's a very odd experience, but like I said, it's very up close. Um, you know, it's definitely, I guess, what they call uh, close encounters of the fourth kind. Uh, could have been the fifth, um, but I don't know. Yeah, it was really freaky. But if you put that in light with what happened to me exactly a year later. Um, it, it seems like it might correlate, to be honest with you. Um, okay. Uh, so about a year later, I had already graduated. And um, I, I, after I graduated, I went and lived with a friend who was living in Humboldt, California, in Arcata. Um, he was actually going to school out there, but he had a, a pizza place that he had purchased in a little town west of there. I don't know if you know where that area is. It's like right on the border of Oregon and California. It's like the big red, oh, yeah. it's really pretty area. Oh, that's way up there from us. Yeah. It, it's way up there. And um, so he had bought a, a pizza place and he needed help managing it and stuff. And I was like, hey, I just want to come out there and it's beautiful, you know? So um, I was living out there for a little while. I'd probably been out there two months at this time. And um, there was this, really pretty beach right nearby there just a little north of there in a town called trinidad and it's called patrick point and uh it's if you ever look it up online or anything like that you'll see it's it's breathtaking it's like redwoods meet this meets the ocean um gorgeous area um super pretty i would go there all the time i had a dog so me and my dog would go out there i'd walk him pretty much every other day if i could get down there And, um, some nights I would even go camp over there because it's a campground. So I would just take my tent and we'd camp and I'd spend like a night there with my dog. And, you know, it was just me and my dog. So my dog, I had left in the, I had left him because he was like, he was kind of, it was like, it was, this was an afternoon that I was by myself there. And I'd left him at the campground. He was just sleeping in my truck. So I had walked down and this was in the early, I wouldn't say evening. I would say late afternoon is a better description. So I'd walk down to this beach that's called Agate Beach down there. And um, I walked down there by myself. Now, this I was alone. But my friend, um, I had a friend who was, it wasn't like a person that I knew, but he would, he was like the ranger. And he also had a camp area that he would camp at too sometimes there. So we were friends and I talked to him several times. He knew who I was. He knew my dog. Um, we were we, we were friendly. And um, so I, the only correlation I have is what his experience is with me. So I had went down to the beach. And um, I was just kind of exploring and they had the, there's these big rocks that jut out into the ocean and they're really cool. Cause if you go and sit on them, you can feel the vibration of the waves underneath. It's really cool feeling. It's like a, this really crazy vibration on these rocks that are jutting out into the ocean. So um, it was kind of warm. It was like the, this was around September. I remember it was like, cause I was just a year after that 
close-up experience. And um, I was laying on the rock, just kind of like feeling the vibrations, looking up at the sky. And out of nowhere, I noticed the sky. There was like, you know, those light clouds that are just kind of over the sky, where it's not like they're not really yeah. thick, but yeah. there's clouds, you know. And I could see that. And through that, I could see the shape of like this teardropped ship that was gigantic. I mean, it looked like the size of a football field. Tear teardrop? Maybe like no, not teardrop. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting this wrong. Like maybe like the shape of an a big eye. You know, like yeah. where it has a point on each end, but it, it bows out. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And it was gigantic. Yeah, that's a teardrop's not the right. It's more like an eye, but but wider. And um, I could see it, but it was cloaked in the sky. 100%. I mean, you could see it was making like different di where the where the clouds kind of went around it. I don't know exactly what I was seeing. And as I noticed it. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing about this experience. I it was it was it was like I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can, but I have found correlations in the literature to this experience. In fact, there's a Native American who was on um a show with um do you know who Linda Moulton Howe is? I don't. The name sounds familiar. She's um she's a pioneer in the UFO field. If you look her up on she does UFO um, Earth Files is the name of her website earthfiles.org. Um but anyway, I'll shout her out because she's amazingly awesome. She's a pioneer in this. She's studied um uh, animal mutilations. She's just a big look up Linda Moulton Howe and you will know who I'm talking about. She is a pioneer in this field. But anyway, she interviewed a Native American man who was in um, Oregon who had the exact same experience I had almost identical to a T to a T so but that's the only one I found similar so I'm going to go into my experience now but I'm just telling you as I I have heard something like this but it was very interesting so I noticed the shape in the sky and as I noticed it it seemed like it noticed me mm -hmm. and I kid you not a red beam came down directly onto my chest it hit my chest I stopped breathe I couldn't breathe I was trying to catch my breath and each breath I took got shallower and shallower until I was like, <gasps> and it pushed me to the point where I thought I died. Um, but what I found out later on as I researched this, they were removing my astral body from my from me. They pulled me out of my body. And I've heard it explained several times. It's almost like a sucking sound. Like it sounded like cellophane. It was very loud, like a sucking cellophane type sound. And the next thing I know, I was on board a ship. Um, the only way I know it was a ship is just, I could see, but, um, I remember I felt really weird and weightless and, um, a voice came and there was like a voice. I couldn't, there was no alien in front of me. There was nothing like that. It was like a, a voice was in a little tiny cloud in front of me. And it was like, do you want to move somewhere? Just move. Think, don't be afraid. No, first it was telling me, don't be afraid. You're fine. You're, you're not going to be, um, hurt or anything like that. It was trying to assuage me. And then it slowly told me, you know, I, I looked down and there was a hallway. It was like a white hallway with no, you know, like kind of like they describe where there's a suffuse light. You can't tell where the light's coming from. Um, the smooth, you know, no seams in the walls or anything like that. And um, to be honest with you guys, I'm still unpacking this experience. Mm -hmm. um, there are many things that I learned and that what they told me during this time that I am still learning now, um, and it's still unfolding 25 years later, you know. Um, but a lot of the base things that I that had happened in there is they told me they were not aliens. They said that they're watchers of the planet, that they've always been here. They've been here before we were. 
um, they explained a bunch of stuff. Um, and like I said, it all, it all is still coming to me now, but, um, they showed me the, the most interesting that they showed thing that they showed me. And, and I always came back to this was, um, and then, oh yeah. Can I just explain this yeah. one thing? Um, after I became comfortable there, I felt the most love that I'd ever felt ever as an, a human with these entities. Um, it was a love outside of my parents, my dad, um, a woman, anybody that I've ever come up. I, I didn't want to leave when it was over. Um, when the experience was over, I did not want to come back. I did not want to go back to my body. I did not want to come back. It was just so awesome. Um, that's all I can say about that. But um, that was kind of toward the end. But through the experience, like I said, they showed me some things. Um, and one of the main things that they showed me, and it was kind of like they put me in the scenario, they showed me the history of greys and what greys are. Oh. Do you know, like, the alien that everyone yeah. sees? Yeah, the original grey. And they actually told me there's different ones. Yeah, they told me they were, there's, they said that they're not a part of that. That's not them. But they said that they're, they're, like, what I thought of these people, okay, so they explained to me, I said, what are you? And they said, they they very very intuitive they said how they they knew that i watched star trek and they were like we're q we're like q remember q in star trek have you ever watched that yeah okay so in star trek there's this guy he they call him q and he's red and he's part of a race who can just appear anywhere he can do anything he can create things out of thin air it's just like not he's not really part of like our existence it's much much further above and that's what they said. They're like, we're like Q. We're we're not on this level. We're here more as a watcher. And um, I said, okay. So they explained to me about greys, and um, they were like, there are greys from outside of the system, but they're actually friendlies. But they said there's ones from inside of our system that are from the Earth. They're from this area. And they told me about reptilians. They told me all this stuff. And I know this sounds crazy, but you know, this was back in the mid. This was in '97, six, seven. So you know, it wasn't, this stuff didn't really become, you know, mainstream and mainstream. yeah. And put into the literature until like the two thousands, you know, especially the reptilian stuff. I mean, David Icke didn't show his head until like 2000 something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this stuff I, I, I had, they were showing me and they told me, you know, there's these ones and they said they work with the government. Um, they said there's ones that are working in tandem with our government. Um, and that they're doing this like a genetic program because their genetics are all messed up. They said they showed me what they had done with their old planet. They basically, they got inundated with like sex and just like really vice type things and war and greed. And they, they kind of like were, I guess we're kind of we're heading <laughs> in a way. Um, they kind of destroyed their planet and they actually had to like. Yeah, it kind of sounds like the United States. The whole world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's very similar. <laughs> So they had to like evolve underground. I don't want to head into a gray world, man. Um, but so they had to evolve underground. And I guess in that process, they lost their ability to reproduce. They don't have like genitals. Um, so the only way they were able to keep their race going was through like test tubes and, you know, putting, you know, in a lab. So their whole goal right now, and they've been given the permission, obviously by our government, in, excuse me, in exchange for technology um, to take us and to use our genetics to try to make hybrids so that they can start to reproduce. And they, they can't process sunlight either is what they told me. They said they cannot process sunlight. 
um, they die very quickly in, in sun. And, you know, obviously they want to be a living organism again. They want to be a tangible organism that can feel. They, they can't feel anything really. They're very emotionless. Um, they can't reproduce. Um, they can't process sunlight. So with the hybrid program, they're able to get some of these um, attributes back into their genetics um, by using us and making hybrids. So that's what they told me. They showed me these hybrids. They showed me these gray ships. I mean, I don't know how I would have known any of this. You know, they showed me all of this stuff. Like, they, it was just weird. Like, they just put me in these scenarios and showed me what was going on. They showed me underground bases. Um, and all of this stuff, like I said, I'd never studied before this. I was, I mean, I would, I would say I was vaguely interested in UFOs, but not to the point of reading any literature, you know, or I was just watching a movie. Yeah. But I never even had heard of Whitley Straber, you know, I never saw the book Communion. I'd never saw any of this in that time. You know, I was in college pretty much partying all the time. <laughs> um, I never even watched TV. I remember there was movies that came out in the mid 90s that I'm like, that was a movie back then because I, I partied, you know, I was like having fun, um, you know, with my friends and stuff. Yeah, you weren't a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was totally like occupied. So it wasn't some, <laughs> I wasn't a nerd. No, you know, I was just totally busy all the time. So it was just, it wasn't something uh, that I was thinking about. So needless to say, you know, I was up there. I don't know how long I can't explain it, but um, they showed me a lot. Like I said, they showed me the gray, mostly it was the grays. And I think they showed me the gray stuff mm -hmm. because I think, the grays were in that ship that came down to the cabin is why mm. they showed that to me. Um, I, that's the only thing I could think. Um, but I've never, you know, I don't remember anything. I don't remember ever seeing a gray. And I, I remember never even contemplating a gray alien until this experience in Arcata or in, in Humboldt. Um, it's pretty, pretty outrageous in the sense that they showed me um, like the future of the, not the future, but they're like, you know, I think this is very typical of abduction experiences. They showed me cataclysms like that things could be going wrong, that we've got to take care of the planet. Uh, it was all very positive. You know, they were like, love each other, love yourself. I mean, there was nothing evil about it. I didn't feel anything. Like I said, it was an uh, uh, overabundance of love feeling. And they said that we take care of, you know, we, we, we watch over all this stuff. Um, that's kind of what we do. And I said, "Why? But you're, you're. Are you like an angel?" And they're like, "No, we're not angels." They said, "We're um, levels above that." They said, "If you can," and then the way they tried to explain it to me, they said, "Okay, if you," they used um, Earth school systems. They said, "The way you can look at it is, you humans are kindergartners, and we're we're seniors." Okay. That's the way we would look at it. You know, we're not graduates. They're like, we're seniors, and this is our job. This is what we do. We've done we've done it for as long longer than you can imagine. Um. So that was pretty much it. And then one thing that I will remark that they showed me, they showed me a ship on the other side of Saturn um, that was uh, bigger than, I don't know, a planet or how it was not a planet. It looked like a big oblong. And like, it's weird. We approached it. Like, like I said, they knew how to put like things in your mind and we approached the ship and then we were on the ship and there was like millions of people on there. And the crazy thing is I walked along a deck that they were showing me um and it looked like a gigantic mall in a way but if you looked over the deck you could see trees and like a mini forest and like some rivers and stuff and it it was longer than you can little clouds and stuff like that's how big this thing was it had ecosystems inside of it you could see birds flying in there and stuff like i didn't i i couldn't explain it but they were like these are people that are above you you know what i mean that live on these types of ships
you know, we don't have to worry about planets anymore. We don't have to worry about water and food. Like all of our energy is free and sustained. Like it's a different level of existence than Earth. Because they were trying to show me there's there's levels to this that you move up. Almost like a higher dimensional being, like a moving past your physical self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it, I, 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 you know what it was is that there was a feeling there of a lack of like, you know how we have on Earth, like you think, oh, well, the weather, it could mess up. You know, there could be a volcanic eruption. There could be an asteroid. There could be an earthquake. Um, I could run out of money. Like all of that stuff seemed to be gone. Do you know what I mean? Like everything seemed to be in a different level there. And and they said that the ship, that, that one that they showed me. Yeah, it's like they don't have any problems. Mm-mm. No, I mean, I'm sure they do, but I think it's not something we can comprehend. I think it's a different level of problems, but their problems, yeah, that stuff just seemed to like not even be there. It was a different um, wavelength, you know? Um, but it was like people though. I did see people. I saw like, it wasn't like they were just spirits, you know, or anything like that, but it was definitely another dimension. And I I'd say he said that it was a dimensional thing, you know, like you move up. So maybe that was fifth, sixth. I don't know. I I'm not, I'm still coming to grips with this experience, um, to this day. And like I said, I found a lot of correlations here and there with it, but the one that the native American, I heard in that, and I wish I could find that again, his name was like red feather or something like that. And um, he told the story of he was actually in his bedroom and he had noticed a cloaked ship in the sky through the sky. And he said it was it was dusk when he saw it. And he said it shot a beam through the window, hit his chest. He couldn't breathe. It took his spirit out. And that's and it showed him all kinds of crazy stuff like this, too. Exactly. That was the only one I found that correlates with it exactly. But um, I've heard a lot of people talk about that when they remove your body, how it feels like uh, this loud noise and you kind, kind of can't breathe. Um do you ever study have you ever heard of the travis walton story the guy that got shot in the chest i think they made a movie fire in the sky or something like that yeah yeah he was in it was in arizona i think and he um he like was gone for four or five days and then he showed up out of nowhere and like you know the cops were interviewing him and his friends they were like i think they were lumberjack guys or they were like they cut down trees and stuff but in his story um he he was aboard a gray ship but he did talk about this thing where they like make him breathe water you know, and it, you can't breathe. And it reminded me of that. It's like you have to get past that whole initial part of like not being able to breathe. And then something happens and you're released and then you're you're out of your body. Um, and I've heard that several times and that happened to me. But um, the one thing that correlates with this that's very weird and I'll just finish it with this and then you can ask me whatever questions you have. Um, okay. Um, so the guy that I told you who was the, the park ranger who also had his little tent or his cat his camper set up right there um he had actually tried to approach me he saw me on the beach and he tried to approach me and he he said that when he went to go talk to me because i was he thought i was asleep he said he walked up and within six feet of me he got an electrical shock a bad one and he he said it made him it, it actually shocked him so bad that he backed up and he just sta- stood there and stared at me and he goes while he was looking at me this is i'm not lying to you this is the 100 percent truth he said that i don't remember how many but he said a bunch of seagulls came down and made a circle around me oh well, that's cool and he said he just waited and then he said he waited there like 10 minutes like if like like the, the aliens or something were yeah like if they, the aliens were or something were just protecting you like using nature on earth to protect you or something i don't yeah i mean that's the kind of what i came up with but i've i've never heard of that before but he told me that and he he was very he was his eyes were 
he looked crazy when I woke up. You know what I mean? He goes, I don't know what was going on. I said, Dude. <laughs> I said, I didn't tell him anything. I just woke up and then uh, all the birds flew away. I actually saw some of them flying the the seagulls. And he goes, dude, I don't know what just happened. Cause we were about similar age, you know, late twenties, mid to late twenties. And he was like, I just tried to wake you up or just to go talk to you. And I got shocked and I threw me back a couple feet. And then he goes, then these birds came and they just like sat down in a circle around you on the rock. And, uh, that was it. That's, so that's, you know, my only correlation of, cause you know, obviously I didn't have somebody that go, went up in the ship with me, but, uh, that was a little bit weird. Cause I was like, did I have just the most elaborate knockout dream ever, you know? Yeah. But, um, it was too real and it's stuck with me ever since then. And a lot of stuff has really, um, really kind of correlated since then. And I think what they told me is that they pulled me up there because of the experience that I had a year ago and they wanted to kind of put it in focus for me, I guess. Ah, see, you know what? I was going to ask about that. I was going to say, I was going to ask you, was the UFO sighting that you had in 1995, like the same ones that came down in 1996? Like, are they the same exact people? No, they told me that it wasn't the same. Mm -mm. So they didn't? Okay. But they knew about that, though. Yeah, they said they they actually made a point of that. Yeah, they did. And that's why I think they showed me all this gray stuff. Because, um, like, it was weird. They gave me scenes from, like, a planet where the grays were on. And it, it was, like, all, like, polluted. And the sky was red. It was crazy. And they showed me, like, people dying. And they showed me, like, these these the elites or you know obviously the people that held the money on the planet had already set up their underground bunkers which is kind of what's going on here i've heard mm -hmm. um you know they've already set up all their underground stuff and it got too late and they went underground and you know they used up all their food and all their stuff but they had high technology so they were able to keep going you know they had scientists and stuff and they ended up realizing that you know it was their vices it was the the bad stuff so it all moved into a spiritual element because there was a highly spiritual element to my my second, yeah. the, you know, what I call the abduction or the experience um, on the rock. Um, um, there was a highly charged spiritual element because uh, it, it was it was more than just alien. You know what I mean? They spoke a lot about the spirit and God a lot, a lot, a lot. And they were like, you can't go against God. Um, that's just the one thing. And I says, well, why are there evil aliens? And they said, they're not evil aliens. The, the, the things that you think are evil aliens are from this planet. They're from the solar system. They're just, they've been hidden for a long time is what they told me. Hmm. So when we think of grays and stuff like that, they're actually, they've been here for a while, a long time before us, I guess. Now the, the grays that come from, uh, our planet, cause there's a lot of like theories on grays where like they're biomechanical. Is that kind of what they were saying? Like the grays that are from our solar oh, system are biomechanical, biomechanical. Exactly. They're, um, created as a kind of like an avatar, you know, like a sense. slave class kind of like they're a slave class. Yeah. Okay. And they, they send them down a lot too, because they can do things without having the controllers, the troller controllers can stay up above the mm -hmm. atmosphere and just like mount monitor. 100%. Yep. Okay. They they kind of collect information and okay. stuff. That's cool. Um when, so you said when you were younger, we're going to drill back a little bit. You say you were younger, you were sure. lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. Um you kind of like had like you left you could see your body, you left your body a little bit. Yep. Do you think that has anything to do with your much later in life, the 96 of um experience where they beamed you up? Yeah, it's similar. Yeah, it feels like that. Although I didn't feel that like sucking feeling you know, I would wake up, but it's, it was very similar. Definitely a hundred percent. I don't remember the part of like going up into the sky toward the sh thing. I just kind of like uh, woke up and on the ship, 
you know so they must have some maybe they have a way of extrapolating it quickly and pulling it up there mm-hmm. but i have heard of that um removing the astral body um for an abduction i think half the abductions are are those you know they're not physical yeah the higher plane the higher uh existence abductions where you do go uh spiritually mm-hmm. or psychically instead of the physical they pull you up and do the test Exactly. Whereas I think the disc one, when I was at the mountains, I think that might have been a physical abduction. Yeah. You know, where they actually take you. When you had that mountain um, experience, did you notice like a, t- a change in time? Like, was there anything different about it? Like, could you tell the stars had moved positions or anything like that? Like, could you like determine there was a time change? Um, I didn't notice anything particularly like that, but I did mm-hmm. notice there was no longer any fog. So something had happened because it yeah. was clear again. It was night. It was normal night. And I did, um, we never looked at it. Like I said, we were in a cabin and I don't think I had a wristwatch or anything like that. And there was no mobile phones at that time. So I didn't take note of the time, but looking back, I can tell that probably we had lost a few hours, a couple hours at least. Definitely. It felt later. Well, that was weird. That was a weird story. Well, not weird, but that was a different story because like I've been fishing and hunting my whole life and having animals come towards you. Mm -hmm. That means there's something horrible or very unsafe coming their way yeah and you're less dangerous than the thing coming especially at 10 p.m yeah it was like probably 9 to 10 p.m at night so it was dark you know it was pretty late so i'm sure they were all nestled in sleeping you know um i had a rabbit bump into me i had um a couple of chipmunks run past me and i had birds fly past my head completely yeah yeah and uh rod remembers that too i asked him i said do you remember and he's like yeah that was crazy you know but, like, he would not want to talk much more about it than that. I don't know if he maybe remembered more than I did. I don't know. But I never could get much more from him out of it than that. That was it. Um, well, like, like, when you listen to Tony's episode, me and my brother had the same, like, we we noticed we were seeing the same thing. And we just looked at each other and we were like, no, mm-hmm. we're not <laughs> we're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, get, I get where you're coming from where, like, you don't want to talk about, like, you want to talk about it, but your buddy Rod was just like, this is getting buried. We're not talking about this. This is, this is a non-existent experience. Mm-hmm. And at that point, uh, Rod and I were close. I mean, we had probably known each other for a couple years and we had taken many road trips together. I mean, we, we took a road trip to Mexico city once, you know, from Boulder. And I mean, we were stuck in a flood in Mexico before. I mean, we've had some, we've had a lot of bonding experiences, you know, so we we're, we were pretty close. So it was very odd. And when you were, uh, uh, it was, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, no, you go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm sorry about that. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. when you got, when you were having trouble breathing, did you, what was the sensation you were feeling when the beam was hitting you directly in the chest? Um, yeah, it was like each breath you took got shorter and shorter, you know, okay. um, to the point where the last one, you know, I go, <gasps> and it got to the point where I was like, am I going to die? What's going on? I don't, you know, like it, it basically gets to the point of death. And that's what I've heard. And I've heard that before in some mm-hmm. abduction stories. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. And as soon as that happened, I heard the only thing I could compare the sound to is like a, like you're in a vacuum, like, like it has like a sucking type sound Yeah. and like cellophane being like wrapped, you know, like just rustled up, excuse me, rustled up. It was very, very, um, almost like that duct tape um, noise, like the, the, yeah. And it yeah. was sucking. And then next thing you know, I was on board this, it looked like a ship with no body. And it just felt like your eyeballs floating. You know what I mean? And I remember the the voice was like, do you want to go down that hallway? Because I kept looking down a hallway, you know, but I was like, I don't have a body. And he said, just look down that way and move. He goes, you'll move. And I, I did. 
And um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this one experience that I did have on the ship. Like I said, there, there's I'm still unpacking it. It was a gigantic experience. Um, a lot of information, and you know, I took from the end of it like you know, take care of the planet, love each other, love yourself. Um, this is just, and they told me this is a very dense plane that we're on. You know, the Earth. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, the pain. You, I mean, they're like, you can get hurt from a paper cut. You know, I mean, like, they're like, this is a very dense plane. You can't take it too seriously in that respect. You know. Um, because of, of how fragile we are as humans. Mm -hmm. um, but they told me there's different levels. You know, you move up and up and up. And I, that's why I was like, are you guys angels? Like, do you know? I said, do you know what God is? I remember asking that. <clears throat> and they said, um, no, we don't. They goes, but we serve God. We serve the light. We serve good. And they said evil. They said evil actually goes away after the third dimension. It's something different. And they couldn't explain to me what we're working on in those dimensions, but they're like that whole dichotomy of good and bad. It kind of goes away after the third dimension. That's, that's, cool. that's like what we have to get through here. Um, uh, they were like, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Like I said, I'm still unpacking it, but one of the things that um, was very, very interesting that they showed me, and I can't remember the movie that I saw this in recently. And I was like, it's weird because people in movies know stuff. You know, like I've seen things in movies that are like mirror or have a very striking correlation to my experience. Um, but one of the things that they showed me, and I forgot to mention this, I apologize, is I went down that hallway and um, out, and they, there was a room and the guy kind of like, or whatever, the entity. Um, and it was only one entity. I didn't see anything else. It was one voice that was speaking. Um, there was a room to the right. And as I looked into the room, I could see planets. Okay. This is why I'm like, you know, I, I've heard of flat earth and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know if that's true because why did I see this stuff? But anyway, I saw these planets and it looked like solar system, but it was floating in a room, a dark room. And um, he was like, oh, is that interesting to you? Go in there. And I, I, I you know, floated in there with my eyeballs. And um, the odd thing was, is you could go in between the planets like a big hologram. Like you could move in between them and look at them. And this is the most striking, freaky thing. I completely forgot to tell you guys this. If you look at a planet, you start to move through the clouds and you start to look into it and you go and you can actually see animals moving and like things and like water and like mountains. And if you look further, you keep going further into it. Like it's like a never ending microscope or something that you can just go into. It was the most amazing thing. And then if you want to, you could just pull back. And you're so it's like you're like zooming in or something. Yeah, you're zooming in. Yeah. And it's like and it was weird. It was like like this hologram room. And I've seen it in a couple of movies similar something similar. And I was like, what the heck? That's what happened to me in 97 on that ship. You know, um, you look into the planet and it was crazy because I did look into the Earth like one. And um, I saw animals like on a plane running like real little like I was up in the clouds. And then I, I looked closer. I could get closer down and i saw water rushing through a river and stuff like that now the animals you saw were they like like normal animals you would see on earth or were they just something completely different yeah i don't i didn't get that i got more or less it was just like a herded type animal okay. maybe like water buffalo or something like that yeah, it seemed it seemed earth-like definitely um it seemed like and I, I don't know if it was earth um because I didn't really pay attention to the land masses because I was really blown away by looking at planets floating around me and I could see like star clusters and stuff. It was really freaky. Um, uh, yeah, and I've seen that. Like I said, I can't remember what movie it was, but I saw a movie where somebody kind of portrayed that, um, that that whole experience of seeing like planets in a, in a hologram room and then you can actually go into the planet, which was, it was pretty amazing. I mean, they told me a lot of stuff about like, you know, living life, um, 
you know, life on earth, of being a good person. Uh, I'll be frank with you. You know, I was never evil. I've never wanted to wish people harm ever, but I was an atheist, um, probably from the age of about 16 to about probably 27 when this happened. And, um, um, and not an atheist in the sense that I was like, uh, you know, evil. Like I said, I never would want to hurt anybody. I've yeah. never tried, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a soft person in that way. Um, I always, but I was never like big into like God and, you know, Jesus or any of that. I, I was never into, I, I actually, I had come to a really clear understanding to myself when I was like, um, 16 or something, 15, that this is just all biology. It's just all you know, evolution. Yeah. I was like, there, it's just, it's just energy. I was like, I believe there was like this energy, but I didn't think there was a conscious thing above us, you know, that was like watching and, and taking track of what's good or bad. Like I even thought serial killers, you know, they're just serial killers. Um, they're just part of the planet. They're just part of nature or whatever. Um, so I never had this good, you know, I, I, I was a good person. I thought, you know, but like I said, I, I, I would say that I did do a lot of white lying. You know, I did, um, cheat on my girlfriends a lot. Um, you know, I would say that was the extent of my sinning, you know, quote unquote, but, um, man, after this, I really did. Believe, I do believe I, I'm, I've pretty much devoted my life to the spirit and God. And, and I'm not saying I'm a full blown, like heavy duty Christian, but I, I, I love being a good person in that respect for sure. Um, and I, this experience did it for me. No, amen. Like I, I agree with that. Yeah, no, that, a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people that have, alien experience because there's a lot of like positive experiences like yours where they're like the higher entities or the different entities tell people you know like the universe is hard you know Mm -hmm. like it's not about what's happening right now it's about what's gonna happen you know like be loving be caring take care of your fellow people there's a lot of like correlating stories that match up with yours and a lot of those people do end up becoming Mm -hmm. religious in some form maybe not fully christian but or catholic or whatever but in some form of like god the father and helping out humanity definitely yeah um they did put into also they i said oh yeah i remember this they i did ask them because i i was able to ask questions and i remember they were like what what are you what's on your mind and that's when i was asking about evil and you know and stuff like that and um they told me that demons like that what we call demons you know on this planet that they're part of the testing program here this is a big testing program they're like Mm -hmm. we don't want crappy souls you know what i mean to move up to these other planes we need you to be filtered out like really well so they're like if you're gonna fall temptation to drugs sex and things that are like you know overindulgences and things like that they're said if you're gonna fall victim that we don't want you that's that's the bottom line okay so we they're like the demons and the dark things and the dark forces that are on this planet you know that the you know, and there, there's a lot of darkness on this planet. And they're like, that's a part of the testing. Yeah. You know, that is a big part of our testing to to see which souls we want to bring up. You know, um, you've got to be able to resist all that. You've got to fight all that. You've got to know how to keep it away from your life, you know, and, and to, to it's weird. After this, I have become fearless in the sense of that, because I, I won't go into this, but I'll tell you guys, um, after that um, experience with my roommate, I became a Buddhist. Um, I'm, I, I would say I'm, I'm still, I would say of anything, that's what I follow is the Buddhist, the Taoist way. Um, I know some people are like, oh, that's a cult and stuff like that. No, no, no. It's absolutely super perfect, actually. Um, I, you know, I would say I'm a Christian, too. I believe in Jesus. I love, I love 
you know, the Christian religion in a lot of aspects of it. Um, but I would say that for the most part, I'm a Buddhist. I'm a Taoist um, because they really are. I think they figured it out 100 um, percent. And uh, what had happened is after that, I got into sitting Zazen, which is a it's a, it's like it's a it's a really strict form of Buddhism. Um, some people in the West call it Zen Buddhism. And um, basically, it's it's really difficult. Um, I was a boxer growing up. I was also also very athletic. So I've done a lot of arduous stuff. You know, I've I've worked out. I've done a lot of things and I've never encountered anything more arduous than sitting. Never. Mm -mm. Most 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 difficult thing I've ever gone through in my life. Um, I sat pretty much I became a, a kind of a not a hermit. I mean, I still worked in Manhattan, but for the last two years that I was in New York, um, I would like fast a lot i would uh come home on fridays and not use any electricity and just sit and meditate for hours and hours um it pushed me into this and during this experience during the sitting experience after i had broken through um kind of like the difficult part of it maybe like seven or eight months into it, i started to have extremely extreme mystical experiences sitting like extreme <laughs> like very extreme um and i can go into that if you want but uh yeah, that 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 pushed me into I'm talking about the abduction experience or whatever that pushed me into my spiritual self for sure. 100 percent. I do have a one question. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Back when you said you said um, uh, like the the alien people were showing you the reptilian race. You said it's underground. Did you happen to see the inner earth? I did. Um, yeah, they should. Uh, no, well, as far as the inner earth, no, they didn't show me. We got to talk to you more. We might have to, can you, we had to, might have to bring you back on another episode. Are you talking about like, yeah, they didn't show me like porticos. Like if there was like a hollow earth or anything like that, if like, I, if I saw like inner earth suns or anything like that, but they did show me these like gigantic, massive, like cities underground that they have, um, here on earth, I guess there's like under like Mount Shasta. They didn't tell me that I've heard of this stuff, you know? But um, I guess in Colorado, yeah, there, there's some crazy stuff going on here that we do not know about at all. Um, my dad has a story from the San Luis Valley where they, and this is in the 50s, where they saw a ship go through a, uh, like a, a hologram in a mountain. And this is way before they even understood that type of terming, you know, terminology. The, the dumbs. The... Yeah, where it went through the, he said it just went through the side of a mountain. Him and his cousins saw it. Yeah. Yeah. The second you said in the earth, Lenny lost his mind he was like i did oh, we, we're talking about inner earth now the hollow earth yeah he, he loves that yeah stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that stuff totally interests me too i don't know but yeah i i i think yeah that's very interesting totally i love the inner earth stuff but no they didn't show me any of that stuff at all they did show me these cities though that they have that are like uh, you could, just couldn't even fathom it you know i want to though but um i guess our government knows about it from what I from what I could tell. Yeah, it's kind of what Bob Lazar's story is about, right? Where he's talking about the under under Area 51, there's the deep underground military base and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yep. Bob Lazar. If, yeah. if he's honest, I don't you know. He might be crazy. a you know disinformation person, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listened to his Joe Rogan podcast. He seems fairly yeah straightforward. I think I don't know though, but seems pretty straightforward. It's yeah, it's the problem is like it's hard to tell if like someone's planted or if they're real like it's it's crazy how well thought out yeah 100 percent. yeah he's he's um so uh, very smart person i could tell oh yeah definitely smart so um i want to go back to one thing you spoke briefly about was your a uh, bigfoot encounter before the ufo encounter in the mountains um because there's a lot of like correlations between people seeing bigfoot and ufos being in the mm -hmm. same area 
totally. So what? Uh, what? So is you just kind of chilling in a noises outside the cabin, or what yep, happened there? Yeah, we were. Um, we had just finished dinner and it was nighttime, and I remember we were kind of in the. We didn't. We weren't outside of the cabin. We were in the cabin. I think we were getting ready for bed, and we kind of both relaxed certain ways. Like we had. Um, I was reading a book, I think, or something. You know, there was no laptops and phones back then, so yeah. it was totally different. Um. But yeah, so I, I think we were just kind of just chilling. I know it was after dinner. And then next thing you know, we heard like stomping around and Rod looked at me and then I was like, what's that? And is it an animal, a bear? And he didn't want to talk too much about it. And he's like, I don't know. But then we heard it like kind of grab the shutters. There was these shutters that were on the windows and you could hear it kind of clacking. And I says, what's doing that? You know, and I pretty much was scared and he kind of started talking to me about like some encounters and things that they've heard up there um, with Bigfoot. And um, all it was was something walked on the roof for probably 20 minutes, like stomping around. I mean, I'm like, what could get on the roof? A bear? Would a bear do that? You know, and I was trying to reason it in my mind and he just was trying to explain it without saying the word Bigfoot, (laughs) you know. And then um, there was a back door that we had and something was totally trying to like grab the knob and stuff so i'm like bears don't do that you know no um and we were both just too scared to like go out you know we didn't we just stood in there and just kind of like sat in the kitchen and just waited for it to pass well, i mean if something got on the roof and was trying to open the door i wouldn't want to go out either you know yeah and it wasn't a person you just can feel the footsteps could they made the ground move a little bit you know it was like yeah, loud yeah. Did you guys go out the next morning or afternoon and check out, see if there's any, like, weird footprints or any kind of damage to anything? Um, yeah, we did, and there wasn't anything. It was kind of really gravelly and a lot of, like, um, needles, you know, yeah. everywhere. So I couldn't see anything, but he did. I said, I said, is that was that Bigfoot? You know, I actually asked him that, and he goes, well, I've heard stories up here, you know, of things. He goes, well, I've never encountered anything, but my grandpa used to tell us stuff, and so that was that was the only thing that I'd ever heard of. My dad's told me stories that they've heard of from the valley, though, because um, the San Luis Valley is surrounded by like mountains, like gigantic mountains everywhere. So um, he's told me stories about it, but that was the extent of it. But it did try to get in the cabin, and it kind of terrorized us for about forty-five minutes, I'd say an hour, and then yeah. it just left. Would you would you say it was was it related at all to the next evening where you had the um, the UFO encounter or? just two separate uh i couldn't tell and it wasn't the, yeah it wasn't the next day but it was like uh oh, okay. it was i think there was like two weeks in between those incidents maybe because because that was around like the first because we had spent only three weeks up there so it was around the first week and then like i said when that ufo came the next day rod was packing up he's like we're out <laughs> Yeah, I ain't doing he's that like <laughs> uh, i'm not staying yeah he's like i'm out of here but um now nah, bigfoot it, it totally interests me um now now that i'm older i'm like i wish i would have opened a window and looked out or something you know but um i mean i don't know if i want to encounter it but i, I am very interested in it and i do believe in it 100 percent. Oh, i'm with I don't you know why I'm... i do no no i'm with you brother like and i hear a lot of stories about like bigfoot's a scouting party for ufos sometimes i hear they're spiritual animals i hear this that and the other I don't know what I believe, but there's definitely something big out there. I've heard they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And Tony, uh, he has a lot of good Bigfoot stories on his show, man. Some crazy That's what, ones. Those are my favorite ones. Those are the ones I show up for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I love those stories. But yeah, that's my only experience with that. And like I said, it it didn't seem like 
a bear could be that the way that it moved and stuff like bears seemed like you would hear you know you'd hear something growling you'd hear like and then you'd hear, hear nails maybe but no this was like grabbing like like i don't think they do that you know um and then getting up on the roof and the way it walked and stomped around man you would hear that, four i still remember that four distinct steps <laughs> on that roof if it was a bear you wouldn't hear just two to, to, to you'd hear like a uh -huh. patter of feet going not just a steady stomp oh yeah yeah and i mean why would it jump on the roof you know that was weird um but yeah it tried to get in the shutters it went to the back door it never went to the porch because we had a porch where the front door was but it, it tried to get in the back door a couple times like if the back door was rattling it had a handle on it and it was just rattling and moving remember it would go to like shutter to shutter on the windows really freaky <laughs> and uh, i remember just it ended and we just kind of went to bed uh, I was scared. <laughs> Didn't have a gun. I had like a knife, I think, was the most thing I had. So I was a little bit spooked out. I'm not going after Bigfoot with um, a knife. I'm with you. <laughs> I check no way. No way. Especially the ones that I, the stories I hear, man. Wow. Yeah. I would never. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the extent of that. But my dad has uh, some stories where they've seen it. Uh, they used to put out like gifting, you know, uh, stuff like that, where they give the Bigfoot food and stuff like that to make it stay away. I've heard of that. I've stories. read about that and heard about that where people leave stuff out for the Bigfoot and sometimes he'll leave stuff back like a, like an exchange almost. Mm -hmm. Right. Like a set of sticks tied a certain way or something. Yeah. Or do a rock sculpture or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm totally interested in that and I believe in it without have, have, ever seeing it. I just believe it for some reason. Oh, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on it, brother. Mm -hmm. That was one of, that was one of our first like, we're gonna talk about this on the pod topics. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get in that quick, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to ask you about the spaceship you were on, where it had like its own ecosystem. Was it like a planetoid itself? Was it like the Death Star, where it's a big sphere itself, or was it like a like a ship? What was it like? Yeah, it was like a gigantic oval. Okay, I remember because I could see it. Um, and the way that these guys were is I don't think they were that physical, so they could just take me instantaneously to look mm -hmm. at things, right? Um, so it, just like I said, I was peering into that planet. Um, I remember them showing me this ship, and they were like – and I remember what the example was is this is kind of, I guess, maybe the level above Earth. You know, when, when you graduate from Earth and you've proven yourself here, you've gotten past the darkness, and you kept yourself clean, and your soul is good enough to go – I think this might be the next level is what I was getting from mm -hmm. them. And in this planet, like I said, it reminded me of a gigantic mall when I, when we went into it, right? Like it looked like a big mall. Like there was ask, like these big escalators and big ceilings and stuff, but it wasn't a mall. There wasn't stores. It was like where people lived. And um, yeah, um, man, you could walk along this balcony along the side, like a huge balcony where it was like people were walking on and if you look over the side of the balcony i kid you not you were looking at a forest that's dope that's cool inside the ship that's true really and cool. it had a big open top so that they could get sunlight from the sun in the solar system yeah like the the top was open so there was natural sunlight coming in it, it almost sounds like those caves in china the um these mm. i don't want to say the name wrong but um they have like the caves that have whole forests in them yeah it kind of yeah. sounds like that. Oh, totally. Great description, 100%. Yeah, but just 
maybe think of that a hundred times bigger and artificial did it look artificial or did it look like it was like one seamless piece it, put together no it it was seamless yeah it it, it looked of course artificial because the balcony yeah. I, I was on was like formed you know and stuff like that and like i said there was like and if you looked as far as you could see you know you could see that it wrapped around mm-hmm. but it was my it was i don't know it was it was gigantic and it looked like an ecosystem where like you could go into it and it was like a big park yeah. you know like to us and i could actually see animals there like yeah. like bird i saw birds i remember seeing birds flying around that's cool totally. so to like us, and i remember yeah. the the interest no i was just gonna say the interesting thing was the sunlight coming in because it looked natural in that respect you know i was gonna say to like us that's like an amazing beautiful forest into them it's probably just like maybe central park <laughs> it's like central park mm-hmm. and that's what's cool yeah it reminded me of central park because if you've ever been to new york how it's surrounded by all the buildings yeah. you know um it's like that it was similar to that because i lived in new york for a long time so um but yeah it was it was crazy and and, and i remember getting the distinctive feeling that they don't deal with like hunger and natural disasters and things like that like he's like we don't have disease in this one you know like there's not such a thing like we don't have to deal with the disease of bodies and things like that like when they're working on something different i didn't know what it was but i remember getting the feeling that there wasn't any of these things that we worry about on this level so much you know like pains in your body and people falling away and like there was something completely different going on there i don't know what it was but it wasn't it wasn't like a human type existence mm-hmm. but there was people i remember seeing beings and i i wouldn't and i don't even know if they were putting something in my head so i wasn't shocked and maybe they were alien but they look like normal people you know what i mean yeah well i mean if they were if they were higher existence i'm sure they could look however they wanted to look and they w- wanted yeah. yeah and it looked like people to me that's all i could say i was like it looked they looked human like you know um that were on the sh- on this the the gigantic ship and the way that i knew is we went past saturn mm-hmm. the way that we we're moving like in our mind or whatever i could see the rings and i just assumed that oh that's saturn and then it was behind it and there was just this gigantic like i said it was probably the size of i couldn't even measure the size you know how big the ship was that's cool did, uh, gigantic. Uh, did they i don't know if you asked or did they tell you what happens to souls that don't move up to the higher when their body dies Mm-hmm. yeah they did they stay here they told me a lot of that stuff um they said a lot of them don't go lower obviously it's just they keep and that that's when i kind of got into the buddhism thing because it's it's it does deals with a lot of uh reincarnation recycling of the soul yeah reincarnation yeah because they told me that that's real they said that that actually happens like and i says well is there a hell they said no nah, no nah, it's not like that like not what you guys think it's not like you go down and and you have like a a, a devil that's like picking you in the butt with a pitchfork yeah. and stuff but no it's not like that she they said that it's more or less just a relearning they said you'll just keep coming back and be given the same type Until of lesson you get, so right. you get the right because yeah they want a purification before you can move up you know they want you to be a certain way and they said and they told it they and it was weird because i remember saying why are there demons why is there like people that prey on children you know like why is this stuff happening you know, why do we have such darkness on the planet? And they're like, that's just the way it is. You know, we have to be able to get through it and navigate it. And then they also told me a really freaky thing too. Like I said, okay, well, think about like a kid that's like, you know, you've seen those videos or those movies where a kid's in Africa and he's just like flies all over him and his stomach exploded and they're dying of starvation. I was like, why is there stuff like that? And they're like, that guy's at the end of his life. He's going to be moving to the spaceship soon. 
They're like, sometimes we need a little bit of suffering to get us past the, the level. So there is a certain amount of suffering that's involved too with the human existence that's necessary. Oh, you know, one of the things that they told me that I, I've stuck with me ever since then, and it's weird because it's mirrored in the Buddhist mm -hmm. religion, um, choose your suffering or they'll choose it for you. They're like, so choose your suffering by being diligent with your life, being, um, you know, pointed with what you're doing and being, um, you know, sacrificing, self-sacrificing for a lot of things. They're like, that's the way you can choose your suffering. Like for Buddhists, the, the Zazen Buddhists, sitting is a suffering. It's a very difficult, um, it doesn't sound difficult, but I can get you, get, guarantee you, man, after you do it for a few months, it turns arduous. Like it almost, you can't do it. Uh, it's like it, it something sh comes over you. I believe it. I mean, I, I um, drive for a living and just three or four hours in, mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to move and get up and stretch or else I'm going to break. So I, I got you. Like, I got Oh yeah. And these are only for like, yeah, these are only for like 20 minutes at a time, you know, that's like, you're not sitting like for hours and stuff, yeah. but it's like this where you sit Lotus. I don't know if you know what Lotus is, where you kind of like cross your legs in a certain way where it constricts the blood in the legs. Yeah. And what you're supposed to be doing is you're trying to train your, what they call the donchin, which is right where your belly button is. Mm. And they want to move the chakras up, you know, higher to the middle, to your throat, to your, you know, all the way up to your third eye. And um, that's why a lot of Christians uh, they frown on Buddhism because they think it's, you know, some kind of a cult practice or, you know, because of some of the rituals that go along with it with the incense and the meditation and stuff. But man, as I went through it, I found that it was, it was top level. It's top level training, man. Um, after I broke through it, like I said, I had experiences that blow away my, my UFO experiences. You know, they do really. Um, I had some really extreme, deep, crazy experiences like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, you know, I guess what I, in a nutshell, you know, I've, like I said, I've had some other like ghostly experiences, but that's pretty much that's it. That's cool though. Cause I mean, like you said, like the higher beings were saying that you need to suffer a little bit, like every religion, almost every religion has to deal with you suffering for, you know, to get better, to be better. Cause you have to suffer before you can get better. So it's really interesting that, mm -hmm. yeah, they told me that like maybe they had a hand in creating religions in different parts of the area, you know, in the country, in the world to kind of pertain to that specific Oops, set of sorry. people. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally agree. I think so. I think it all, I think a lot of what I've discovered there, cause like I said, I was an atheist. Yeah. Definitely. I, I would, if anybody asked me, I would be like, Oh, it's just all natural. This is just mm -hmm. a natural thing, you know, which I do feel it is, but it, there's definitely a, a divine guidance around a hundred percent that I've came to be more acquainted with after this, that it's then come and showed me more and more like, um, through my Buddhist practice, like I said, I've encountered the devil, what we consider the devil I've considered, I've encountered a couple of demonic, um, where they actually came and just sat in front of me and like came to my room. I know that sounds crazy, but I've had things like that, but like, I don't lump that with my experiences that I told you because they were, I forced those experiences yeah. and they were brought up about by me sitting and doing them. And I had no fear at all. Um, like I've lost my fear of supernatural now I've lost my fear of demonic stuff. I've lost my fear of any of that. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I have two adult, not adult. My, my kids are 18 and 19 and I have a nine year old too. Um, but so raising them, I've had to deal sometimes with little things here and there. And 
it's all about faith. It's all about having a, a belief in what you believe oh, yeah. in, you know, and if you really believe in it and you're strong and you're staunch with that, man, you can't fight that, you know, most, you most can't definitely. fight that. Uh, the, yeah, the demons are like, they're, they're weak. They're really stupid and weak in the sense that they, they recognize when you, when you're serious, you know, you're serious with your faith and you're serious with your love for God. They recognize that right away and they run. They don't want to have any part of it. Oh yeah. And it's like, it's also like, if you are religious or if you are a Christian or Catholic, whatever you have demons, a demon is every day part of your life. Like regardless of who you Always. are. Always. Mm-hmm. So people that knock yep. demon experiencers that say that they're religious, like you don't, you can't have God and angels without the demons because they're in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like you can't, mm-hmm. or whatever religion you're following, like every religion has some sort of evil spirit, whether it be demons, jinn, other kinds of yep. different monsters and ghosts. So there's not, you know, if you, if you experience demons, you know, you did, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. cause you, if you think you saw something, you didn't see it, but if you know, you saw it, you saw it, you know what I mean? That's the difference between an experiencer and someone who's not sure is that an experiencer mm-hmm. knows. Like when I talked to Tony about the alien abduction story, I know something happened. I don't like, to, I never like to acknowledge it as an abduction. Like I always like, Oh, it was a, sleep paralysis or experience yeah something like that but after talking about it like because i I mean i like i've talked to my wife about it before that once and um it was so hard to come out to her it was almost like like talking about like a secret gross part of me almost and i'm like wondering if (laughs) those folks that were possibly abducted me had also been from the of the earth like like the biomechanical grays and stuff because there was no (laughs) there was no cool forest on that ship there was definitely an eerie uncomfortable feeling that whole time oh yeah they showed me that um like i i didn't go into too many details but they kind of gave me almost every nuance of the gray experience yeah. um as far as like and they said that there's these other ones that are like wrinkly and a little taller that are more of the controllers that are actually from Sirius or some other planet. I mean, I think they gave me a Zeta or some crap. You know, they, I don't, I don't know the details, but I did. It was the planet that I showed, told you had the red yeah. sun. Remember, I told you it was really red and cloudy looking. And um, they, they showed me, and they, they actually don't look like the grays that, you know, we typically see with the smoother skin. They had like wrinkles, and you could actually see pores in their faces oh. and stuff, you know. Um, but I know what you're talking about as far as, yes, there is a very dark, sinister uh, thing going on there. You know what I mean? That's not correct. And I think that's what they were trying to tell me about it. Yeah. Totally. And I'm not, and I know a lot of people sometimes link the the aliens and the greys with demons too. Yeah, know? that's a lot um, of. With demonic activity. Yeah, like when I was researching uh, about like alien abduction and stuff, a lot of stuff came up like it's very similar to the possession story that you're not in control of your body, that you're doing what they want, you're being forced to do something you're not trying to do, and that's the same with like when you brought up Walton, like he fought the aliens until a hu- a humanoid person came and talked to him. Like it's, it's right, yep. It's really difficult to explain how like because I mean you know what I'm saying, like it's really difficult to explain the feeling of being inferred and not told what to do, but being almost being acknowledged to go to where you're supposed to go. Like it's really hard right. to explain mm-hmm. that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. And I think, you know, I don't know and I don't really care to know, yeah. but I think something like that might've happened to us at the cabin, you know, um, just because we don't, we neither of us remember the ship leaving, you know, it was just not there at one point. Yeah. 
Um, and it was right in front of us just pulsing, you know, it wasn't like it was a light in the sky or anything like that. It was at the level of the streetlight, you know, <laughs> right above us. I mean, it was at the treetops and, um, I saw the details and it was a silver craft. It was definitely metallic silver and it had multicolored lights going around it and it had the sub-level hum, you know, so it was very close. Oh yeah. Um, definitely something was there and i don't remember it leaving ever and i've heard that story and i've heard that correlates with an abduction you know or missing time um i don't really care <laughs> when that ufo appeared to you were you feeling any kind of like energy any kind of like pressure any anything other than the sub level um uh no i mean you know other than just being terrified at what was happening um not really um once the the sub-level hum came though you could totally feel it in your chest like inside your bones it was one of those type of feelings kind of like when a like when a car goes by with really loud music and you feel the yeah yeah uh -huh. yep and it was just like i said it was a pulsing like a and that's how it sounded but um before i could feel that the animals were leaving so i think they could feel it before that you know the animals were flying the opposite direction yeah, I wonder if they felt the presence before they felt that hum. Like, you know how, like, animals can feel, like, weather changes or catastrophes about to happen so they get out of the area? Mm hmm yeah. I wonder if it's something similar. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. Not a lot about the animals fleeing, but I have heard it before, definitely. Yeah, I forget where I heard it, but there was a guy who was camping with a buddy, um, and he got third-degree burns from a alien abduction. Right. And he said that he had seen animals running away. Mm -hmm. I do remember that, too. I think that might be the same one. But, um, yeah, no. Um, apart from, you know, the sub-level hum, I don't think I really... And being, like I said, extremely afraid. So I guess you could call that dread, for sure. I was yeah. definitely... No, definitely. If If you're internally afraid of something... Like and you have no reason to be afraid of it. It's probably because it's not good news. You know what I mean? Like, uh huh. Yeah, and like I said, I think I I do correlate my experience the year later with it in the sense that I think they were trying. They, maybe they were like, "Oh, you see us?" Well, we and then they scanned me. Maybe this is what I'm thinking. Okay, they scanned me. They're like, "Oh, you had an experience with Grays a year ago. We're gonna bring you up and talk to you about all this stuff." You know, um, and because like the big. The big, uh, like, focus when I was up there was talking to me about greys, you know, like what they were, where they were from, what they were doing here. Um, and I, I always wondered, and I'm like, was it because that's what happened to me a year ago? You know, I would never know, but that's kind of where I where I led, you know, where it led me. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any other questions. Like, the ghost stuff, like, that's pretty straightforward. Like, you were a little kid. Yeah. You've seen a demonic entity. I, I honestly think all everything you've experienced leads up to you. It's like even like the meeting with Silver, uh, the Yoruba priest. Like I honestly believe all that leads up to you in your '96 encounter, like 100. percent So, uh, I unless Lenny has any other questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so what Chris was saying, like it made me think about the same exact thing. Like you had your demonic experience. At, at the age is like five to seven and you don't know of course what it was and then you had another experience with a with a a, a friend or a roommate that who saw like the same exact thing and then you get this alien abduction experience and they basically just sh 
tell you everything and that you basically already saw when you were a child, like basically explaining everything to you. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty wild experience. Like it all had to add up to this abduction experience. I agree. Yeah, that's what that's what I put it together. Like I, I did. I, I put I lined it up like that. Yeah, that it's that's completely insane. Like, how do you feel, Alex? Like going through all that, and you said you're still trying to process through everything, mm-hmm. uh, even years later. Uh, what do you think you still have to process? Do you think they're trying to tell you more things that you don't know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, things pretty much. I think. Every year I'll find something that unpacks a little bit that it relates to it somehow. And I think it's more what I'm saying is, is in the spiritual process and then going through just like the evolution of the planet, you know, and kind of where we're leading. Because, you know, things I don't know. I know you guys are in your 30s, I think I heard. But like I've been here since the 70s and man, there's been such a big change, you know, the way everything just is moving so quickly. Um, the evolution of things and I, I, I will say this is that what it's done to me is it's giving me um, an inner peace that I I couldn't have ever had without it definitely not it, it definitely put me kind of in a way that I, I can take things as they come I wasn't never a nervous person I've always been a pretty in control person you know I've always been also I've also been a very happy-go-lucky person all my life even you know despite me having my childhood experience and stuff I've always had try to look at the brighter side of things so i think that helps me you know a lot um and i always try to see the good in people too so i think for if anything it just strengthened me as a person it made me kind of see things for what they are um take each day as it comes type of thing and and um you know i like i said i've never wanted to hurt anybody or wish anybody harm but i think it made me a better person for sure all around um, and that's what, you know, I wanted to come and I, I, I don't, I've, I've honestly only told the abduction story to probably, I would, I would say a handful, but that's too many. I'd say it's probably two people, you know, that I've really told that to. I've told the demonic experience to maybe more, maybe five or six people, but, uh, the abduction stuff I've told to my wife and I think my kids once I and I told them just a glossed over it. You know, it wasn't anything very detailed. Like I told you guys. Um, but I really have kept this to myself because I don't. I don't, like I said, I'm still processing it. I don't think I'm crazy or anything, but I do have a professional life. I, 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 I work for myself, so I have a ton of clients and stuff. So I don't, I don't really want that out there, you know, but, um, yeah, apart from that, I think it's made me a better person. And that's why I wanted to share it because I I hear so many experiences where people are like, this is evil. This is, there's this evil thing. All aliens are evil. This is just bad. You know, all this stuff. And no, it's not. Um, Maybe the first thing, maybe there are some things out there that are pretty evil and nefarious going on, but I think there's also something out there that's looking out for us. That's, that's definitely um, the opposite, I would say. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely hard to tell the story because you know, like, you don't feel crazy, but you know how people are going to look at you. And it's hard to it's hard to open up about an experience because it's a really personal and like deeply like spiritual, personal experience. So it's really hard to like when I told my wife, it was like, it, I don't know what to even liken it to. It was just like insanely hard to be like, hey, this is what happened. I believe it completely. Oh, you know what? I left something completely out, guys. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I don't, I don't want to mess up the show. Oh, no. We can we can fix it. But there is one thing that I completely left out, 100%. I don't even know why I did this. Um, so do you want me to tell you yeah, really quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, when I had my first daughter, so I have um, my first kid, uh, my daughter, who, the one who's 19. 
Um, I, my other two kids are with my new wife. So I actually had a divorce. So my first wife that I was with, I had a child and it was weird. We had met each other and we kind of hit it off right away. And, um, I was in my early thirties when I had my first child, that was 31, 32. And, um, so I was already, um, we had, so this is crazy. Okay. I, I, I don't know how I forgot this. So the very first night that we were together, you know, in that way, I think my daughter was conceived. Okay. Um, I really do. And uh, I've never had sleep paralysis ever in my life. I've heard of people that have had it. I've had friends that have told me sleep paralysis stories, but I've never had it where I was like frozen in my bed and I couldn't move anything. So the first night that I, I had been dating this woman, probably my ex-wife, probably for about three or four weeks at this point. So basically what happened was we were together for the first time that night. I was living in a basement of a house. I woke up three in the morning. We had, we had been together that night. And like I said, I think my daughter was made that night, to be honest, because if I count the days from when she was born, um, it seems like it was the right time. I woke up. I don't know how I forgot telling you guys this. I woke up at three in the morning and there were grays around the bed. I couldn't move. I was in sleep paralysis. My ex-wife, my, you know, the then my girlfriend was asleep next to me, kind of like laying on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was asleep. I my eyes were wide open. I was looking around. There was like six grays around the bed. And I said, "What the hell is going on?" I couldn't move anything. I was frozen. The only thing I could move was my eyeballs. I looked across the room, and there was a hole in the wall. And in the wall, I could see a ship, like through there. Like I could see control panel. I could see light. I could see other grays through the hole in the wall. And I did not, I was a little bit freaked out. I think they noticed that I was awake. All I I could do was muster up every energy I could into my pinky finger. And then with my pinky finger, I rubbed um, my ex-wife's arm and she rustled and like kind of woke up and they just disappeared. Everything in the room just like evaporated and disappeared. I did not go from a waking to a sleeping or a sleeping to a waking. I was in the same spot, but I could move again. Now, fast forward. Now, I didn't know what that was. I, I was like, was that a dream? I don't know what was going on, but I knew I was awake. Fast forward to nine months later, my daughter was born. Two months after my daughter was born, and, and I've talked to my ex-wife about this, and, and I'm going to leave it at this. This is the end of the story. I don't know what this means at all. But two months after my daughter was born, she was two months old, we rented a car. I, I don't know why we, we, I had a car, but I just didn't want to drive it like, you know, uh, uh, 800 miles or whatever, how distance it is. But we drove from Denver. I don't think it's 800, but I think it's like 500, but we drove from Denver to the sand dunes, which is really in the South part of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of a lot of alien activity down there in the sand dunes, tons. Like if you look it up, there's a lot of activity down there. We drove to the sand dunes. We camped for a weekend and I remember nothing about the trip. Neither does my ex-wife. We don't remember any details, none. And I'm like, why would we go down to the sand dunes? And my daughter was born in February. This was in April. Why would we go to the sand dunes in April out of nowhere and go for a weekend and not remember one thing from the whole trip except for maybe leaving Denver? Yeah. So you basically had like a whole week of missing time? We remember nothing. A weekend. Yeah, it was a weekend. And I do remember setting up the tent. Like it's like in glimpses and, you know, and I remember setting up the tent. And I remember laying in the tent and it was real windy 
the sand dunes is like this big you know place but you can camp there's a campground and stuff but it was real windy and i remember laying in the tent and like my daughter was two months old laying in between us and we were like just like laughing because the wind was blowing in the tent you know mm-hmm. we had that we were in the tent that's only memory i have and i i'm like i'm not a, I'm, I'm not a bad memory person i i remember details of things you know and i've talked this over with my ex and she's like it's the same thing i don't what were we doing like why did we even go down there what was the reasoning? That's it. I don't know what, what that meant or anything. Does she remember that at all? Or have you ever spoken to her about that? Mm-mm. Yeah, we. I've told her the story. Yeah, and I told her the grays, the grays were around the bed too. So um, just to kind of throw this in there too, um, I was listening to, and I don't know if it was, it wasn't Tony's, it was another podcast, but I remember this guy who's like studies UFOs and he's like had alien abductions that's happened and he's like he kind of knows a lot about it like as, as he claims to be and he sounds really really earnest as well but he said that these grays some of these grays can change the vibration of their ship so they can just land on a house do you know what i mean so it's like on the house with the house but it's like in a different phase or wavelength so it can just be like there the doorway is like right there in your bedroom because i think he had said something about seeing an open door or open portal in his wall and he could see like the inside of the ship and that's exactly what i saw exactly you have to get me that you, if you remember that email us because uh i want to i want to hear more about that <laughs> but yeah he said that 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 it can it can land on a house like he said he goes that he's experienced that before that these guys can sh- they can there some of them can change the wavelength you know so they're just a little off of ours uh in a little bit of like a different dimension or whatever and they can just land on a house and i kid you not man um i was not asleep i know it because the point from when i my pinky moved and i woke my ex up um to the point where there was nothing else in the room and it was just back black dark and back like a bedroom um there was no change between like my consciousness you know i mean it's not like i woke up i was jarred awake or anything like that it was completely awake i was actually wide wide awake have your uh, have your children uh, or your your ex wife or your current wife have they ever um, had experiences or told you about experiences they've experienced as well or no? Um, not my ex wife. Uh, my ex wife had has has had a lot of supernatural experience, but she hasn't had any alien. But my current wife, who I have two children with, she's had a, a missing time experience too. When she was um, eighteen, she was coming home from a rave. I'll just tell you quickly. The weird thing is, is her her experience actually matches my father's experience. Um, she saw a light coming behind her on a desolate road, coming back from a rave. Um, they were just driving through the mountains and she was with one of her girlfriends and she said uh, they saw a light coming from the road behind them. They thought it was a big truck, but eventually it caught up to them and it went above them. Then they thought it was a helicopter, but it had no noise. And they could see the light and the shadow of the car on the road because it was above them, the light. And then next thing you know, they were just driving and there was nothing there. My dad has a very similar, like almost a mirrored experience when he was um, a teenager in the 50s. So same thing. That's cool. But other than that, no, she hasn't told me anything more than that. Well, what about your daughter? Yeah, she um, she's had some of her own. Yeah, she's had um, she's had her own type of like uh, demonic or just, you know, weird, spooky experiences in her room. But nothing too much like she hasn't told me any kind of alien or anything specific, you know, just things that she's seen and heard. And I said, well, you know, that's happened to me, too. So, yeah, but she hasn't had anything specific. She is very special. She's very perceptive. She's got like ESPA. I remember like I'd lose things. And when she was younger and I'd be like and she would know where they were 
all the time. I would just say ask ask because her name is a. I'd say um, ask her, and uh, she would know. She would know where the lost things are. She would That's say, cool. "Oh, it's it's downstairs by the bed." Oh, would you like us to bleep out that word? Uh, yeah, your daughter's name. By yeah, the way? yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, my daughter. Um, but but okay, yeah. I got you. They would say, yeah, because anybody would know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A pretty yeah, we got you. Type name. Um, but yeah, she would, she would definitely know where like missing things are. She has like an ESP for sure. But other than that, man, that's pretty much it. I would say. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I meant I should have probably included that story as a part of it because it was, it was, it, it was. I, I correlated it, you know. But as far as that, that's the very last experience that I've had with seeing any kind of UFO or anything or any kind of alien or anything like that they've left me alone i think well that that was awesome man you you were very well spoken like we appreciate the earnesty like there was not one time where i was like oh man this guy <laughs> this guy is something else like everything just sounded like you were just telling like something you've lived your you know you've lived out and had no problem talking about like that was awesome like you did really well and i really appreciate you coming Thank on you. to talk to me and lenny because we're, we're we're really not nobody and we appreciate you guys you know you hearing us out and checking in with us like because that was the original plan with the pod was to give people a similar platform to talk about their experiences because there's so many people who don't you know get to get closure on it or talk about it or think it out or even like get help yeah, with no. it and that's kind of what we wanted to do yeah i want to thank you because uh that that's exactly what it did for me i've never had a chance to talk about this really and i think it's cathartic you know uh, keeping this stuff bottled in and i think it maybe if anybody can hear this and maybe it can help them if they've had an experience and i i know that it's helped me like i said i've really gotten into these podcasts over the last few years and it's totally helped me to hear other people's experiences and to feel like i'm not alone you know and uh, maybe if like i said it could help anybody with uh knowing and you know you don't have to believe me uh, but it is what i experienced and it is um you know to the best of my ability it's what i remember 100%. I would never make this up. <laughs> you know, I would never. I don't want to make something like this. It's up. hard to make up, man. Like, <laughs> it really is. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's hard to keep your story straight. It's hard to keep every leading, every leading, every little detail you have, like, correct. You know what I mean? Like, even going back and, like, oh, I forgot this part. Like, that's part of human memory. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's hard right. to relive and re experience things. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So you coming but, on and give, you know, we hope that you coming on helps someone who has a similar experience that, you know, needs help. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you guys. I really want to say that again. Thank you for letting me come on and, um, you know, good luck with the show. I really, I really wish you guys the best and I'll, I'll definitely keep listening for sure. We appreciate yeah. that, man. Definitely. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Oh, and you know what, Alex? And if anybody thinks your story is fake, you know what? Go ahead and write a movie. <laughs> People will be buying it. I thought of, I've thought about that before. I have thought about that before, um, as a way to get it out. <laughs> but you know, I'm not. I, I can never take that time to be a writer. But man, um, it's just sharing it. I, I can tell already. It feels different, you know, because I've never, like I said, I, I when I say a handful, that's too many. It's probably two people that I've shared this with. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, we're glad that you picked us, Alex. Like, thank you, man. Like, you're thanking us, and we're thanking you. You know, you're giving like a smaller podcast, like a big life story that's back from the 70s here and we're in 2022 right mm -hmm. now you don't gotta remind them so it's 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 a <laughs> <laughs> i've been holding it for a while yeah definitely been holding on so it's it's just amazing that you know you picked us so like thank you man and if you have any more stuff that you remember mm -hmm. or if anything's happened in the future 
go ahead and shoot us another email, man. We're always going to be here. Will do, for sure. Yeah, there's always a home here for you, Mystery Kink. All right. Thanks so yep. much. You guys are always. awesome. For reals. I liked your energy when you were on, on the show. That's why I reached out to you guys. And I knew you were new. And I was like, hey, they're new. Um, I kind of want to get this off my chest. Maybe I can give them some, some you know, some material, you know, for their show. Oh, you, you gave us some material, brother. Like, you gave us some good stuff. Well, you gave us a lot more than material. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, good. I can't wait to hear it. All right. Uh, Okie dokie. All right, Alex, Um, we're just going to close out the show. You're welcome to stick around or you're welcome to – to log off and go about your day i know you're off weekends i'm off weekends too so it's every minute counts <laughs> yeah definitely all right guys no i'm gonna take off so thanks so much for your time um and like i said i can't wait to to hear the episode let me know when it's gonna be up all right thank you very much brother all right oh, we will let you know right when it's edited man have a good one see you alex cool i'll, I'll oh, yeah. stay up with you guys definitely i, oh, yeah. I will you stay us anytime have a good one thank you alex bye chris thanks lenny oh sweet dude all right Later, Alex. Okay. All right. That was the interview with Alex. Alex did a wonderful job. He was well-spoken. It was our first interviewee, as I've said multiple times, because I appreciate it. That was a really cool episode, huh, Leonard? Yo, dude, like, I was not thinking, like, you know, because, like, uh, you know, he he, he does he us up on Twitter, uh, and uh, and when he went, was telling us, giving us a little summary of what he was uh, going to be talking about, you know, I was excited and everything, but actually sitting down with the guy and hearing him tell a story blew my mind dude yeah that story that story was mad cool like there's a lot of cool stuff there like everything mr kick stands for was there that was super cool yeah it's like if he got through all sides like he had demonic uh, not demonic possession but like you know a demonic story they had a homie that had a demonic story same same figure by the way like as, as he said and then a, the ufo experience and then an abduction experience Alex went through a lot of stuff through his life, and then he picked us too to to tell a story. Like I cannot be more grateful, and it's just it's just an amazing story, man. And I don't want any I don't want him to have any more experiences. But damn, if he does, I really sure hope he comes back and, and let us know. Oh yeah, definitely, I agree with you on that one. All right, you can find us on facebook at mystery kink at instagram at mystery kink on the telegram at mystery kink broadcasting network you can email us at mr kink 2021 at gmail.com lenny where can they find the twitter you can find us of course on twitter at kink mystery and on tiktok at mystery kink that's all the places we have right this minute we'll be working on getting some more places here soon if you yourself have an experience even if it's a short quick one it doesn't matter email us we'll talk to you we'll check it out and we'll get you out there if you want to be out there if you want to work through your experience because we appreciate you uh, your mystery is our kink have a good night have a good night everybody <laughs>